0: From KDNK Community Access Radio in Carbondale, Colorado in the United States, this is program number 34 of the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. When blind people go places, we don't experience things like our sighted friends. We don't see beautiful mountains or romantic sunsets. The goal of this program is to identify or even create experiences that are more meaningful or just more fun for us and for our sighted traveling companions. Frequently, as people lose their sight, they become more and more isolated. The tactile traveler hopes to empower people not only to go literally around the world, but around the block to new adventures in their lives. Blind rangers from people whose contact lenses and glasses no longer allow them to lead a normal life to people like me who are totally blind to sighted parents who have a blind child to blind parents who have sighted children and blind parents with blind children and people of all ages, interests, and physical abilities. On today's program, Learning to Learn Your Neighborhood, Bridging Apps, an app for people with all kinds of disability, including people who are blind or have low vision. Clue and Apple AirTags. An app in a digital system to help us find our way back to things like seats in theaters. An update on Jason Esterhusen, a blind man who had an implant put in his brain to help him visualize what's around him. And an update on the Glenwood Hot Springs Pool the world's largest hot springs pool. When you're blind or your vision's impaired enough so you can't read the names of businesses when you walk by them or ride by them in car, you lose track of what businesses have gone out of business and what new businesses have opened. And when you walk to places regularly, like the bank or the bus stop, You don't know what businesses you're walking by on the way. I've been totally blind for four years, and functionally blind enough so that I couldn't read the names of businesses for six or seven years. I live in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, a small mountain town with a concentration of businesses on three blocks of the main street, Grand Avenue. There are two ways to find out what's changed since I can see. One is by using apps like Over There and Google Maps. The other is by having a sighted real human being walk down the street with you and tell you what you're walking by. I did both. Pat Conwell guided me and described what was around us. And I used a feature called What's Around on my Victor Track. A Victor track among other things is a GPS for blind people. I thought about trying to do this by just using my Victor Track, but it wouldn't work because the track's database
1: is only updated once a year. Okay, we're at Vicki Lee Green Realtors at 930 grand. Okay. And then there should be a parking lot? Yeah, there's a parking lot up here, and this is A, B, and B, A, and Bank. And they took down a bunch of businesses here, remember? Yeah, right. Okay, let me see
0: see if it knows it's here. What's around? 54 items. 1. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Business Service. 931 Grand Avenue. First, I found out from Pat that the bank that was being built was still under construction, and every building between Vicky Lee Green Real Estate at the corner of 10th and Grand and the White River National Forest Headquarters at 9th and Grand had been torn down to build it. I had heard from the news that four businesses had been evicted, but I didn't realize that another building with three or four more businesses, including the Salvation Army, had also been torn down to make room for the bank's parking lot. We're at Ninth and Grand now. Uh huh. So it should be to a, a Centennial Park. What's around? One hundred and nine items. One Bank of Colorado ATM. 901 Grand Avenue, two feet. Four Way Intersection, Grand and put B.C. Tax Service, 901 Grand Avenue, two feet. Three, Supervisor's Office, Government Office, Nine Hall Grand Avenue, six feet. Four, White River National Forest, other general merchandise. 9 Grand
1: Avenue, 6 feet. Okay, we're on the other side of 9th. We're at Centennial Park. Okay. We're at the Chocolate Moose Ice Cream Parlor and La Palmas Seafood Mexican Food. Okay? Okay. And the Colorado Ranch House is next.
0: Okay, let me see what this thing says here.
1: What's around? Any one
0: items? 1. Pure Strand Salon & Spa. Hair & Beauty. 720 Grand Avenue. Step 2. Duck Holidays. Restaurant. 724 Grand Avenue. 3. Confetti Design. Clothing Store. 731 Grand Avenue. 204. Dancing Bear Trading Post. Gift, Antique, & Art. 727 Grand Avenue, 205, Narcissus Hair Salon, Hair and Beauty,
1: 726 Grand Avenue, 6, Tatmandy Tattoo Studio, 727 Grand Avenue,
2: 231
1: feet.
0: So, is this not very accurate? I don't know. So far, the What's Around feature has been pretty accurate but it didn't list the bank, which has been under construction for quite a while. It also jumps around listing buildings on both sides of the street, which makes it confusing trying to learn which businesses are next to each other as you walk down the street. The what's around feature on my trek has been pretty accurate, but it lists the White River National Forest and the supervisor's office, Is separate businesses, but it's really one building. The complete name is the White River National Forest Supervisor's
1: Office. Okay, we're at Double Black Fresh Local Cannabis, DB Cannabis Store. And the address is, uh, where's the address? I don't see an address. Okay, but I, I know what it is. It was the first marijuana dealer in Glenwood. Right. And now... Do you have to cross the street
0: to buy marijuana?
1: Yeah. Now now we're at Mama Pierogi's, um, her little truck where she sells pierogies in the parking lot. We're at a parking lot, and there's food trucks here. Oh. Are they here all the time? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yep. What kind of food trucks? That's a Polish... Potato and farmer's cheese, yeah. pierogies. Oh, okay. I'll have to come back. Is it there all the time? Yeah. yeah. Early, late? Or? They're there right now.
0: Okay, but it's not there day and night? Yeah,
1: they, it's like a restaurant. It's a truck. We're at the mall. 720 Grand is the mall. Okay. Are there any businesses left in No. I think that the... uh The faux Japanese cuisine is there. Um, Oh, upstairs. It's it's called the King Mall. Yeah. And then there's um, jewelry and gold. Wow, there's a lot of people. This is empty space. And is there a jewelry store there still? No, the jewelry store is gone. Everything's gone. It's empty. So the
0: only thing is the restaurant upstairs? Yeah. I learned a lot going for the walk with Pat. I now know that there's several businesses I didn't know existed, like a sporting goods store that I might shop at. I also learned that a number of businesses I thought were still open are out of business. And I learned that the what's around feature, no matter how amazing, isn't always up to date. And that it's most accurate when the GPS maps have just been updated. You're listening to the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world, and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. Depending on your source, there are between 7 and 9 million apps. Many of those apps could be life-changing or just useful or fun for people with disabilities. But finding an app that could be useful for you on your own could be an impossible task. But you don't have to find them on your own. You can use a free webpage and database used by 25,000 people a month. called Bridging
2: Apps. Bridging Apps is both a website and an in-person program mm-hmm. of Easter Seals Greater Houston. That's Christian Riad,
0: co-founder and director of Bridging Apps.
2: The app itself is a web-based app that's a database. So when you think of Bridging Apps, it's a database that has about 2,500 apps in it. and the point of it is a, a shortcut or a place for people to go rather than just either Google searching or going into the app stores looking for apps for specific disabilities to help people with disabilities, to help caregivers, teachers, and different professionals figure out which apps are helpful for not only different disabilities, but just everyday activities and to help people to, to enhance their lives and be more independent, reach whatever goals they would like to like to reach.
0: Christian started breeding apps while helping one of her sons about 12 years ago, who has Down syndrome, is visually impaired, and is autistic.
2: Even when he was six years old, he had extremely low, fine motor skills. Like, it was very hard for him to use his hands. Now we understand it better, but at the time, we knew he had problems with his vision. We just didn't know what they were. Zipping and buttoning and opening and shutting doors, using a fork using utensils, writing, um, were impossible and continued to be impossible for him. So being able to do something on a touch screen or using a keyboard is just much easier for him to do a lot of things using a touch tablet. Plus, an iPad is just a brilliant light box. So or having a lit up screen in the background and being able to switch contrast for some basic things is just really helpful. It's very demoralizing when you're a kid and you can't do some of the same things as your as your peers can do. Again, thinking about bridging apps and back when we started, the whole reason the whole reason I was so passionate about it is because he because of his visual challenges, but I didn't understand them at the time. I just knew it was impossible for him to do to operate a computer for him to write. He'll never write, so he's keyboarding now. So, you know, the technology ha- had really been a lifesaver for him just to participate like other kids do. That is why I am continuing to do this work. Bridging apps has been expanded to help people with all kinds of disabilities. The heart of our work is focused on on accessibility features, Looking at different apps, whether it's a, an app for a specific disability like low vision um, or uh, people with autism, people with different types of challenges and, and having different, different professionals review those apps and then share, uh, share it out free on our website so that other people can cannot spend hours and hours and days looking for something that may be helpful. So it's a database of about 2,500 different apps. And um, when you click on an individual app, it will give you some very good information. It will give you screenshots of the app. It will give you a description of the app. It will give you a price. It will give you hyperlinks that if it's available for iOS, for example, it will take you straight to the Apple App Store. And same with Google Play. And if it is a web-based application, like I said, we're just starting to add some of that information. For applications, mobile apps that also have uh, a web-based component. The heart of our work is focused on on accessibility features. Looking at different apps, whether it's a, an app for a specific disability, like low vision, um, or uh, people with autism, people with different types of challenges, and and having different different professionals review those apps and then share uh, share it out free on our website so that other people can cannot spend hours and hours and days looking for something that may be helpful.
0: Bridging apps is set up so you can search by categories that are important to you, like low vision, low vision for older adults, and cerebral vision impairments.
2: There are lots of different ways to search in the database, and we've actually just relaunched our app search tool, which is the tool where you can filter different things or type in different keywords and we have them arranged in such a way uh, where we've tried to improve the accessibility of of helping people find things faster. So um, you can type by keyword you can sort. Um, It's been tested on a a variety of screen readers and then we've had some some, uh, manual testing and trying to improve that. But there are lots of different ways to search. You can search by just keyword. You could type in vision or low vision. You could type by filter. And then for people who are, so many people are overwhelmed um, by searching and trying to find something that often it's a good idea to start with our our curated lists. So we also create lists for different types of, of apps. So we have at least two that I know of, two low vision app lists where you can look at um, between, I want to say, maybe 15 and 20 different apps, and then clicking on them, you can read the reviews or the descriptions of what they um, are designed to do or people in our community have found helpful. Bridging apps for low vision. Visited. Link. Be My Eyes. Image. Be My Eyes. Heading Level 1. Banner. Landmark.
0: Lorraine Hutchison suggested this story. You're listening to The Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. Jason Esterhusen is a 33-year-old man who has gone totally blind as a result of a car accident. He's one of six people participating in a study for a brain implant intended to
3: help him have a visual context of what's around him. In 2018, I received an experimental brain implant that restores functional vision to blind people. The device is called the Orion device by a company called Second Psych Medical. And the study is being conducted at UCLA in in Los Angeles we receive a brain implant with 60 electrodes um that electrically stimulates your visual cortex of your brain that's the internal device the external device is a set of sunglasses with a video camera which is attached by with with a wire to a small computer called the vpu a visual processing unit which interprets what the video camera is picking up and then translates it back into electrical impulses that get sent wirelessly through a coil to the implant inside your head. So the coil is about as big as an Oreo. It's attached to a small little wire on the frame of the sunglasses and that you can just put underneath your bowl cap or the device also has like a, a headband that you can wear on your head that uh, then the coil can attach via a piece of velcro. So that just lays on top of your hair or your head. And then it lays over the implant, basically. So there's just a direct line of communication through your hair and your skin and your scalp to the implant. So those electrical impulses then create what they call phosphenes, which are these little white flashes of light that your brain creates by itself. And then through these white flashes, the phosphine, you learn how to interpret the flashes and the movement of the flashes, and then that gives you the sensation of vision. Even though Jason only sees white dots, the camera not
0: only sees in color, it depends on lots of light to see high contrast images which are converted to tiny dots in Jason's
3: brain. My favorite place to use it is probably somewhere that I have been to before. So, it it's very handy when you're using it in a familiar place, where you usually know the, the route that you're walking. You know, you have to rely on your own imp skills. Firstly, before anything else, I think that's very important when using inaccessible devices. So, for instance, at the Braille Institute in Los Angeles, I know how to navigate the building. But when I wear the device, I now find these new little pieces of information like oh there's a window over there or there's a door that i never knew about because the sun shining through it or i can follow the lights in the ceiling down the down the corridor instead of banging my cane against the wall down the hallway so it comes in handy when you're in a familiar environment for sure jason says even though his orion device
0: only lasts about two hours on a charge and takes two hours to recharge It's already improving his life. For sure,
3: yes, it has. Because it's given me the hope that there is change coming. This is the first of its kind, and it can only get better from here on out. Never give up on what's coming in the future. You know, the technology is developing so fast, and that there are... So many people working so hard every day to try and help the blind and visually impaired, you know, find a way to live easier and more functional lives with accessible technology. So, yeah, just hang in there and stay positive.
0: You're listening to the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. On program number 25, we talked about why Glenwood Springs, Colorado, is one of the best tourist destinations in the world for blind travelers because of all the experiential things there are to do here. When I talked about the Glenwood Hot Springs Poll, the world's largest hot springs pool, I mentioned that the hot springs pool has mats to walk on from the locker rooms to the pool. But they don't line up with the stairs going into the pool. So when you reach the pool, step a couple of steps to the right, where you'll find a set of railings. Notice that the left railing is loose and that you can shake it with your hand. It makes a good landmark when you want to find your way from inside the pool to the locker rooms. That railing has been loose for at least the last 38 years, but no more. The pool has been remodeled since I did the story. They replaced the railings with new ones that are very firm, but they still can be used as a landmark because they're now at the very end of the east end of the pool. So when you're following the south wall and reach the stairs with two railings, and then a wall, it means you're at the stairs to the locker rooms. You're listening to the tactile traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. Please
2: wait. Okay, please step on the scale. The is 1, nine, six, nine, nine, nine.
0: Why, it's my talking scale, reminding us that we'd like you to weigh in on how we're doing please send us an email to the traveler at gmail.com. We spell Traveler the American way, with one L. We'd also like to hear your story ideas from all over the world. Please send us an email with story ideas in the subject line to traveller at gmail.com. If you'd like to help underwrite this program, please send us an email with underwriting in the subject line to the tactile traveler at gmail.com. Transcripts of this program are also available by searching the Tactile Traveler in any search engine. This program is also being broadcast on the Audio Information Network of Colorado and in additional states. It's also available by typing the Tactile Traveler into any search engine and wherever you get podcasts, and by asking your smart speaker to play the Tactile Traveler. Sometimes you have to ask your smart speaker to play the podcast, the Tactile Traveler. We'd like to thank the following organizations and people who helped make today's program possible. Microsoft Accessibility Tech Support, Apple Accessibility Tech Support, Leslie Steffen. Northwood, Pat Conroe, Lorraine Hutchinson, Debbie O'Leary, Sarah Williams, Sophia Williams, Kaylee Romero, and Wally Burley. This has been the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. This has been a production of oh, KDNK Community Apps says Radio Carbondale, Colorado.